You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. It's not shame or shameful not to have wisdom if you have the mindset to receive it or to acquire it. It is foolish. When you know you lack wisdom and you are okay with it. It, it, It's a problem when you are ignorant about something and you don't want to be enlightened. That's a huge problem. You're trying to fix a particular thing and, and, and uh, you, you have been trying to fix it for an hour. And the thing that you're trying to fix uh, has a manual. And just so happens the manual is right beside the thing. <laughs> And, and, and the wonderful thing is you know how to read. But the dumb thing is that you, you know how to read, you have the manual, but you're still trying to fix what you have not been able to fix for an hour. And, and I, I don't know nothing else to call that but dumb. A person who does such is stupid. And see, James here in the text was really saying to to the brethren, if, if it's something you've been trying to straighten out or something you don't fully understand or don't fully know how to do, Why don't you ask the omniscient one so he can give you what you need, so he can help you fix what needs to be fixed. Ask God, he says, and and James was very intelligent, but, but he didn't even want them to ask him. He said, ask God. And the reason you ask God is because, again, God is omniscient or he knows everything. Now, this is, this is the thing. When God responds, he may not respond to you personally. He may do so indirectly. You may ask him something on Saturday. 
And God may give you the answer on Sunday, but he'll do so through a song that's coming from the praise team. Or he may wait and, and give it to you through the pastor. Or he may give it to you through the MC. But, but James assures us that if we ask God for wisdom, that God is going to give it to whoever. Look what he says here. He gives to all men, notice, liberally. It's not going to cost you anything. He's not, he's not going to put a price up front by saying, look, if, if you asking me about if something going to happen, it's going to cost you $20. If, if you asking me if it's going to work out for you, it's going to cost 35 He He's not going to charge you. He gives to all men, look at the text, liberally and without reproach. God wants us to be wise. But I got to throw something at you. You can be a child of God Filled with the Spirit of God and still ignorant. One of the amazing things the Lord used Hosea to say to the children of God is that the people of God are destroyed. Y'all holding on? For lack of knowledge. It was not that they were not receiving teaching and preaching and, and prophecy and so forth. Hosea went on to say the reason they were being destroyed is because they were rejecting knowledge. See, if, if you ask God for something, you have to be prepared to receive it the way he's going to give it to you. And God is not going to give you wisdom the way common folk give you wisdom. That's just not the way he does things. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 55 that the ways of God are not as the ways of man. His thoughts are not the thoughts of man. He even gives a distinction. He says as high as the heaven is from the earth, so are his thoughts and so are his ways. So, so God will send you some wisdom, but he's going to send you wisdom based upon his word. See, the one thing God is not going to go against is his word. See, God believes that if, if you're going to live successfully here on earth, you're going to have to live by his word. That's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by food alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word that comes forth from the mouth of God are the teachers, preachers, and prophets of God is a word that's based upon the scripture. See, when it comes to the word of God, according to Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. God's word is going to stand no matter what. I said God's word is going to stand no matter what. So when you ask God to give you wisdom, you better, you better know that he's going to do it according to his scripture. According to the Bible. That's how he's going to bring it to you. And, and when he brings it to you, it, it may not sound the way you want it to sound. 
it may not add up the way you want it to add up. It may even sound disappointing. I say it may even sound disappointing. That that was a young young ruler that that was so excited to see Jesus uh, because he had a question for Jesus. And, and so he was so excited and, and so he came to the Lord and, and he asked him, Master, what, what do I need to do in order to have eternal life? And, and Jesus said, you know the commandments. You should not do this, that, and the other. He said, yeah, Lord, I, I have done that from my youth. But then the Lord looked at his heart and said, there's one thing that you like. It. One thing you like. It. He said, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you're going to have eternal life or you're going to have what you're asking for. He wouldn't say amen to Jesus. He wouldn't say thank you to Jesus. He wouldn't say glory, glory, glory the way some of us do. He wouldn't put up his hand and wave. He just left without saying a word. But the Lord responded to the way he left, basically saying that he was in love with riches. He was in love with what he had. And see, 1 Timothy 6 and 10 says the love of money is a root of all kind of evil. If you have a material possession that God asks you to lose, but it will make you mad to lose it. There's something wrong with you. If God tells you to give it up, give it up. You may be done, been saving it a long time, but if you want what God has for you and he tells you to lose it, you're going to have to lose it. But the bottom line, when you ask God for wisdom, is not going to come in a manner that you may be familiar with in reference to a human standpoint. Because, again, God is distinct when it comes to his ways and his thoughts. But, again, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. And see, there have been a whole lot of folks that heard about the salvation of God and wanted the salvation of God, wanted the wisdom of God, but they were not willing to depart from certain things. I got to move on, but just ask, ask your neighbor, is there something you're holding on to that's keeping you from doing what God would have you do? Is it something you're holding on to that's keeping you from receiving what God wants to put in your life? If it is, loose it. Do what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 in part. Lay aside the weight. It may not even be wrong, but if it is a weight, lay it aside. Let that thing go. James went on to say that if you're going to ask God, you got to ask him in faith. 
you got to talk to him in a God kind of way. Because faith is what God expects the brethren to live by. In Romans, the first chapter and the 17th verse, uh, it closes out by saying, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And when, and when you think about faith from a biblical standpoint, you consider scriptures like Romans, the 10th chapter, the 14th through the 17th verse, which says in part, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But then in the 14th verse, a question is asked, how are they going to hear without a preacher? So even when you hear the word of God or when God releases his word, he is peculiar in who he allows to release it. God is not going to allow a jack leg to release his secrets. A jack leg may say something based upon the word of God, but it will not be because the anointing of God was upon him or her to release it. God is peculiar with who he gives his word to feed his people. Again, the verse says that he will give it to a preacher, but the preacher has to be a sent preacher. Sent is a reference to somebody that God has anointed, chosen, and respects to the point to where he will give the person the word. Are y'all still listening? Now, when, when you ask in faith, it says about you as a person that, that you're asking God in hope or expectation. I said you're asking God in hope or expectation. Because hope in the scripture represents expectation. And hope is a part of faith. For Hebrews 11 and 1 says this right here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Say that with me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Say it with me one more time. Faith is the substance of things hoped Say it to yourself. Faith is the substance of things hoped Say it to somebody else. Faith is the substance of things You expecting some things to happen for you. You are expecting some things to change for you. You are expecting some things to come your way you are expecting some things to happen that the gainsayers have said wouldn't happen you are expecting some things to happen that yes they hadn't happened in 10 years but because of the season of better you are expecting them to happen now good God I find somebody and tell them I'm expecting some things If you're in this season of better, if you understand this season of better and you ain't expecting something, it's something wrong with you. You ought to be expecting God to show up and do some things for you. You ought to be expecting better to happen to you at any... 
But then you, you have to take hope a little further because in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, the 24th and, and the 25th verse, it says this right here, hope that is seen is not hope. Why? For why should a man hope for what he sees? But then if you hope for what you do not see, then you, you wait for it. Or you expect it. I don't see it, but I'm expecting it. I don't see it, but it ain't like I ain't looking for it. I'm looking for it. I expect it to happen. No, I ain't going to postpone the trip. I'm expecting some money to come in. We going on the trip. I ain't got the money yet, but we ain't canceling nothing. But it's tomorrow. I know it's tomorrow. So God got to do it today. When you hope, you expect it to happen. You know, you, you know the doctor done gave you a bad report, but, but, but the doctor does not have a relationship with God the way you have a relationship with God. The doctor is basically going by his report of what he has researched according to books, but you're going by what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 6 and 18, that once God promises you something, it's impossible for him to lie. And God told you with his stripes you done already been healed so you celebrating you shouting your healing despite what the report is saying and I don't expect everybody to get happy because you don't have hope the way some of us have hope you ain't expecting the way some of us are expecting Listen to this. When you ask in faith, it triggers hope, triggers expectation. Because God cannot, it's lie. Impossible for him to lie. One writer said, if he said it, he'll do it. He'll make it good. Isaiah said, once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. But it's going to accomplish everything that he sent it to do. He, he even gave a reference to how God's word works in Isaiah 55, 10. And following, he talked in one sense about the word of God is just like the rain that comes from heaven. And it waters the earth and, and it causes the seeds to come forth and bring forth vegetables and, and fruit and so forth. Get this, in order for the sower to eat. See a person unsold in hope, and now they just they just expecting God to send a little rain, so 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 the seed can come on and bud, and and, and and so it can turn into a vine, and and from that vine a good old red juicy tomato. Yeah, oh, good God! You ever had a good tomato sandwich? Let me get back to the let me get back to the text. 
Say to your neighbor, God will do for you what the rain will do to a seed that you plant. And that's all faith is. Faith ain't nothing but a seed. All you have to do is let God know that you trust his word and put that seed of faith down and watch God water the seed. Watch God give the increase. You have to ask in faith. And and, and see, faith is often in contrast to sight or senses. That's the reason Paul told the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 in reference to saints. We Walk by faith and not by sight. Say to your neighbor, sight is a wonderful thing. But sight will fail you. Some of you got on glasses right now, but you, you used to, didn't wear glasses. Yeah, sight, sight started tripping on you. Used to brag about your 2020. Then sight started tripping. Hey, you, you, you ain't gonna be able to see that the way you used to see that. Say you never sight a change on you. To the, to the point to where you think you looking at, at, at something. Or far off and then the closer you get. That ain't what I. But sight is also limited. Whether literal or spiritual, sight is limited. You can't see everything the way God can. God can see everything. Spiritually, you, you know some things because spiritually sight represents knowledge. You know some things, but even your sight, spiritually speaking, is limited. There's only one omniscient, and that is God. He is the only one. And so I, I have to be to the point to where if I'm going to ask God for wisdom and faith, that I can't trust my, my sight. Because the wisdom of God can, can, can tell me, Walker is already done. But then if I get to looking with my natural sight and don't see it, I don't think God done lied. That's the reason when, when, when God sends wisdom, I, I have to understand up front. That asking in faith means that I'm not going to trust what I see. Be- because God can, can speak something and, and the moment he speaks it is so. I said the moment he speaks it is so. Whether you see it or not, the moment he sends forth his word is so. Whether you see it or not. 
That's the reason you can't live by sight alone. You have to live by faith. Lord, I don't see it, but I know it's so. Lord, I don't even feel it, but I know it's so. And when you don't know it and you don't feel it, but you still know it's so because of your faith in God that says about you that you are connecting with the omnipotent one in the manner that he prescribed. Because he told you he wanted you to live by faith and not by sight. Elisha was, was with his servant on one occasion and, and, and all of a sudden an army surrounded the men of God and his servant. And so his servant went out in the natural and, and he looked and he went back and he said, Alas, my master, what in the world are we going to do? They got us surrounded. They got us surrounded on every what are we going to do and and the prophet of God calmly said to his servant those that are with us are more than those that are against us the servant couldn't see what the man of God was seeing and sometimes it's like that in the church you can't see what the man of God seeing but you got to trust you got to trust what your man of God is telling you and I'm going to tell you why Amos 3 and 7 says, surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secret unto his servants, the prophets. But God won't leave you hanging because the man of God said to God. Lord, open up his eyes so he can see what you're showing me. Open up his eyes. And finally, he opened up his eyes so he can see in the realm of the spirit that the army of God outnumbered the army of sinners. And sometimes God has to open up our eyes to what he is doing. He has to open up our eyes to the season he has placed us in. And, and, and some of you, when I first said better is here and better is coming, you looked at me. But then I say, Lord, you got to let them see it like I see it. I say, but don't let, don't let them just see what I see. Let them experience what you done all, what you've been letting me experience. And then God dropped it in a whole lot of folk lap. You ought to tell somebody God done dropped it in my lap. Woo, if it be true, tell your neighbor I see what the pastor see now. I'm experiencing what the past is experiencing now. And shout out, I'm better is here. And better is coming. Now give your God a big hand of praise. Let him ask in. Did he say it? Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Do not doubt. And he gave them a wonderful description in a figurative sense about what doubt is. 
He said, for he, he that doubts is just like a wave of the sea or ocean. Toss. You know how that wave, it, it'll come in, go back out. Just as quick as it come in, right back out. Constantly changing. And, and, and he went on to deal with, with doubting. And, and usually when an apostle, prophet, or pastor continues to deal with a particular term for a while and, and goes from just using the term to bringing in some synonyms. Words that mean basically the same thing. He, he's really trying to get to his audience. Because someone is guilty. James knew even though they were brethren that some of them were guilty of, of doubting. Yeah. You good preacher, but you, you got some doubt. Yeah, you you good preach, pray good, pray hard. Know the scripture, but you got some doubt. Oh, you you got a wonderful testimony about what God did for you in 1972, but you you got some some doubt. <laughs> oh yeah, you you good sister. You get up talk about how God brought you out of this and He brought you out of that, but but it's some doubt in you. The way you shouting about it since you know everything is well now. You, you wouldn't shout like that. <laughs> it, it's some doubt that. And, and then, and then he breaks it down to the point to where he just stopped because he knew if they didn't get the last thing he said, they were not going to receive what he was saying. He went from saying you can't doubt to, to telling them that if you do, you're double minded. You're double minded. And, and see, when, when, when you're double minded, it does not mean that you don't have surety in you. It just means that sometimes you're sure <laughs> and sometimes you're not. It does not mean you don't trust God. It just means sometimes you trust Him. I thought y'all were going to help let me try one more time. I'm going to get some help around here. Sometimes you and sometimes you whenever somebody says about you she may come. Or she may not. 
you're being labeled as a person that's not fully committed. And see, when it comes to faith, you need to be fully committed. It does not need to be any room for doubt. Either you are putting God first or you're not. He, he don't want what the old folk used to call straddling the fence. A foot in the church and a foot in the club. A foot in holiness and a foot in unholy. Did I lose y'all? Say to your neighbor, if there's no doubt there, you're fully committed. You ain't going to change unless God tell you to change. You ain't going to move unless God tell you to move. That's the reason one writer told the church, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then he closed it out by saying, knowing this, that your labor is not in vain. Faith often is a labor of love, a labor of patience, a labor of endurance. That's the reason the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 10 and 35, when he sensed that the people of God were allowing doubt to hang around a little too much, he told them, cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise for he a God who shall come will come and will not delay but the just shall live by faith say to your neighbor you gotta trust God the whole period you gotta trust him from start to finish God just ain't no author of your faith God is the author and the finisher of your faith you got to trust God the whole time and in order to trust God the whole time or have faith in him the whole time you got to remember what Proverbs 3 and 5 says what is that you can't lean to your own understanding because your understanding may look at what's going on and say it ain't gonna happen is not going to take place but if God has put his word on it all you have to do is expect all you have to do is give him the praise because sooner or later God is going to show up show out God is going to do what he did and some of you in here sin as if you don't know what I'm talking about but if you know what I'm talking about will you tell a couple of folk from me I know what the preacher saying is right God to do it. Do like this. He may not do it on your timetable. But he going to do what he said. He going to do what he said. And I'll tell you why. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, All of the promises of God in him are yes and He going to do it. And see, some of us have not been fully committed. Things been changing and when things change, you change. As long as it's stable, you stable. But when it gets unstable, you become unstable. When it gets a little better, you become a little better because your eyes are not on what God promised you. Your eyes are on the situation. 
I don't care if it do get worse. It was only when the woman with the issue of blood started experiencing worse that she became fully committed in reference to her faith. Sometimes you have to be pushed in order to become fully committed. You have to exemplify when it comes to your faith. Total loyalty to the God that created the word. If God created the word, he'll back it up. If God told you it was so, he'll make it good. I don't care how it looks. And, and, and see, some of us ought, ought to be ashamed of ourselves. Because God done moved for you so many times. You, you, you can have a, a book. You can have, you can have two or three volumes about how, how wonderful it is to have faith in God. Or you could have a book titled Faith. That overcomes the impossible. Why? Because God has caused the impossible to happen for you time and time again because of your faith. That should never be a reason for you to doubt because God has exemplified his faithfulness to you time and time again. Am I talking right about you? Matter of fact, if I'm talking about you, you ought to, you ought to boldly say he's talking about me. Matter of fact, for 15 seconds, tell somebody why I'm talking about you. Listen to this. See, some of y'all want 30. I didn't say 30, 15. See, some of us got testimonies. But, but see... If, if we don't eliminate the doubt, look at the consequence. When you're double-minded, you're not going to get anything from the Lord. The Lord going to shut down on you. And, and see, remember, it's not that you're not sure it's just your sometime. And see, that's the reason you have people that certain prayers are answered. Certain prayers are not. If you check back on when some of your prayers were not answered, that were in line with God's word and according to his will, the number one reason is because of doubt. Number one reason. I, I understand that sometimes God, God's will would not allow certain things to happen because that's just his will. Job prayed and prayed, but, but God kept him in his trial because it was God's will. And some things you're going to go through, you're going to pray and pray and pray, and God ain't going to let it happen because it's his will. But there are times 
to where the reason certain things don't happen is because of doubt. I, I, I can tell when, when I ask folks, you going anywhere? And they be like, I don't know, because you know, I, I know right then. Oh, Lord, they full of doubt. You going to do such and such this year? Well, I, I'm just waiting to see. Oh, Lord, full of doubt. Let me get away, full of doubt. Because doubt is obvious. And, and see, God. down to the point to where he said if you got it you ain't gonna get anything from me he loves you but that doubt no no I love you Walker I, I love you and you know Walker I done bless you time and time again but you ain't gonna get this why Lord cause of your doubt and if he gives you something and you're doubting, it says that God has won against his word. A double-minded man or woman will not receive anything from the Lord. Man, you know I got to have the blessings of God. I got to have the blessings of God. And, and then some folks say, well, you know, I know Pastor said that, that if you doubt, I know I was down a little bit, but I still got my, 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 my thing that I wanted, but it didn't come from God. That's the reason he, he is specific. You won't receive anything from who? See, there are some folks crazy enough to give a doubt or something. Oh, God, that, yeah, that, look how y'all, look how y'all looking now. It's some folk in here, you know, such and such down all the time. You get to feeling sorry for and give them a little something, something. But the Lord, doubter. I better read this. Some of y'all looking at me like, like, like it ain't Bible. Let me put my glasses back on. I used to have twenty twenty. Sight is. Listen to this right here again. James 1. Y'all ready? Verse 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from who? He is a double minded man, unstable in all his. Say to a person, God is not going to give a double minded person. Finish it. How many want his blessings? How many want his gifts? Yeah, cause, cause notice James 1 and 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above a God. Can, can you imagine being double-minded nothing good is coming your way? There are folks that are not going to receive the better that God wants them to have because better equates good because of being double minded. And see God wanted me to teach this. In order for. Those of us. Who. Enter into a state of double mindedness. From time to time. To correct it. 
You got to correct it. You can't be, you can't be unsure when God done told you he's going to do something. And you old enough, mature child of God, to know that when God speaks, he does so in two ways. Directly and what? A double-minded person is not going to get anything from the Lord. But I'm going to get his blessings. I'm going to get his good and perfect gifts because I'm determined not to be double-minded. What about you? I'm done. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.